0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home Podcast for Wednesday, February 19th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. There will be a lot of new Animal Crossing details later this week. A new Switch light color is on the way. The Switch version of Witcher 3 just got a big, meaningful, very cool update. At least I think it's very cool. And Final Fantasy seven is going to be a huge game. Nintendo announced recently that early on Thursday, February 20th at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, it will be premiering a 25-minute Nintendo Direct presentation devoted entirely to Animal Crossing. It will apparently be an in-depth look at Nook Incorporated's Desert Island Getaway Package. 25 minutes is a lot of Animal Crossing, but I think that game is poised to just be absolutely huge with the Switches gigantic install base compared, you know, compared to the install base of like the GameCube and the 3DS. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Animal Crossing for Switch ends up being one of the best-selling Switch games of the year. Animal Crossing New Horizons is releasing on March 20th. The Switch Lite is getting a new color. The Nintendo Switch Lite, the exclusively portable version of the Switch that is lighter, cheaper, does not have detachable Joy-Cons on the sides, and does not plug into a TV, is getting a single, just one new color, Coral, which in layman's terms means you know pink, on April 3rd. It, this isn't particularly big news, but I'm happy to see the Switch Lite get more colors. Its launch lineup of colors was oddly limited. There was the standard black, a nice looking sort of teal blue, and there's uh, the yellow that I really, I can't imagine sold very well. I'm honestly surprised to see that it has taken as long as it has for a pink model to come out. Usually when Nintendo releases its, you know, remodels of its consoles, like with the DS Lite or the 3DS XL, there's usually a pink option right there at the starting line, but there wasn't for Switch Lite, which was kind of surprising. Annapurna Interactive and Simogo's Sayonara Wild Hearts is coming to Xbox One after spending time on Switch, PC, PS4, and it was also on iOS devices as part of the Apple Arcade. The sort of rhythm but mostly expressive music video that is also a video game experience is coming to Xbox on February 25th. When it came out, I played it on Switch. And let me take this opportunity to plug the review of the game I wrote for IGN, which you can go track down. But it was also one of the games used to launch Apple's arcade service. Like in all the Apple Arcade trailers and stuff like that, Sayonara Wild Hearts was front and center. Apple Arcade games were never explicitly exclusive to Apple Arcade, as many of them also released on Switch. But not a ton of them have come to you know dedicated, plugged-into TV consoles yet. It's a game that I think definitely benefits from having a controller, and it also looks really nice blown up on a larger screen. It's good, and if you haven't checked it out, it's actually a game that you can knock out in one sitting, which I recognize for some folks is a negative, but I'm a big fan of really condensed experiences that you can get through quickly, and Sayonara Wild Hearts is definitely one of those. Developer Simogo announced the new port on Twitter, writing, Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Switch, PS4, iOS, then Steam, and now Xbox One next week. All versions of the game are made in-house by us. Every version is native res and 60 FPS. Phew, time for new adventures. And then they followed up with, No more multi-platform releases, please. The thing that excites me about uh, that tweet is the time for new adventures part. I'm curious about what will be coming next from that studio, because I thought Sayonara Wild Hearts was uh, pretty sweet. We'll be getting our first glimpse at Baldur's Gate 3 gameplay on Thursday, February 27th at PAX East. Baldur's Gate 3 was announced during E3 2019, and the big news about the announcement, other than the fact that Baldur's Gate was getting a new numbered entry, is that it was being developed by Larian, the studio behind the critically acclaimed Divinity: Original Sin and its sequel. Among computer RPG, you know, a CRPG for short, fans, uh, those games are considered the gold standard for modernizing isometric RPGs of that style. When you play that game, where you think about the perfect modern studio to tackle a classic video game franchise, Larian is basically the studio that comes to mind when you think about who should revisit Baldur's Gate. During E3 2019, Larian announced it was making the game with a goofy video filmed inside its studio with a bunch of the staff, but it also released this deadly serious pre-rendered CGI teaser with a knight succumbing to some sort of gross plague-like disease. Considering Larian's previous games and how Baldur's Gate has historically played, I think it's pretty safe to assume the game will look like a classic isometric RPG, but I would love to be surprised and see it. Shown it's like a third-person game with the camera placed behind the player character I don't think it will look like that, but I think it would be surprising and very cool Whatever the case is we will learn more on February 27th at 3 30 p.m. Eastern Time And speaking of anticipated video games being revealed on February 27th, it looks like The Last of Us 2 will be getting its first public hands-on demo at PAX East starting that day. Last of Us Part 2, in terms of gameplay at least, is less mysterious than Baldur's Gate 3. Its first tease was supposedly created in-engine, and then at E3 2018, Sony shared an extensive amount of gameplay, so we have a good idea of what to expect, but this will be the first time it will ever be playable by the public. The Last of Us 2 is one of those games that I am... I don't know, maybe weirdly happy to just learn nothing else about as we head toward release. I know the basics, I have seen a bit of gameplay, but at this point, I just want to play through the full experience. Along with the announcement of its plans of being at PAX, Naughty Dog also released some free Last of Us PS4 theme, which you can get by entering a redeemable code in the PlayStation Store. There's a link in the show notes where you can go find the code and redeem it. The Final Fantasy VII Remake will be at least 100 gigabytes. This is actually one of those uh, experimental stories here for the show that I'm curious if this is the kind of stuff you want to know about. I'm kind of a weirdo in that I think all of these kinds of little details are interesting and for a game as anticipated as the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think it's probably worth talking about the file size. We've known the game will ship on two disks, but the box art for the game is circulating online thanks to a post on Reddit, which has now been deleted, The box art was apparently from the Korean version of the game. The image was reported on by Robert Ramsey at PushSquare.com, and looking at the back of the box reveals the game will be 100 gigabytes, which is huge, but not unheard of. It means if you're planning on downloading it when it releases, you'll definitely want to plan ahead if you have a data cap and that sort of thing. One of the smaller things that I've always admired about Nintendo games is how small they are. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is only about 13 gigabytes and Super Mario Odyssey is only like six gigabytes, just as a point of comparison. I once asked uh, Nintendo how they were able to get file sizes so small, and they didn't have a great, you know, detailed answer. They didn't reveal some strange magic or anything, but they said that it's just one of those factors that is considered early on as a game is being developed within Nintendo. The smaller the game is, the quicker it is to load and the better it runs, which makes it more fun. So, in Nintendo's endless efforts to chase down fun, it considers even the file size into that equation, which I always thought was super interesting. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home, isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, "What's your secret?" Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only 14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Microsoft announced more of its new February Game Pass games and as is usually the case. There is some surprisingly good stuff in there. Ninja Gaiden 2, the Xbox 360 follow-up to the Xbox game Ninja Gaiden is coming tomorrow, February 20th, for Game Pass subscribers. That series is just forever on my backlog. I had so many friends that loved that series and played through the first game multiple times, but I got so frustrated with the original game that I was never able to finish it. I... I still return to it every few years to give it another shot, and it just always goes poorly. I imagine I will take the time to download this and play it, but still get very frustrated and not finish it. On February 25th, Wasteland Remastered, a post-apocalyptic RPG about surviving in the titular Wasteland, will be added, as well as Two Point Hospital, a tongue-in-cheek hospital simulator. The big one for February 25th, though, is Kingdom Hearts 3. I guess it's just Kingdom Hearts Month on Xbox with the release of all the remasters yesterday, so now's the perfect time to catch up if you've just never been a PlayStation person. February 26th adds Yakuza 0, which is probably the best jumping on point for Yakuza if you've always been interested but are intimidated by the series' legacy at this point. And Jackbox Party Pack 3 will also be available on February 27th. I always like to see the Jackbox games get added to Game Pass because they're just like they're just good to have on your hard drive, ready to go anytime you just, you know, happen to suddenly have a large group of people hanging out at your house. Most of these games are also coming to Game Pass PC, though Microsoft didn't offer specific dates. In any case, if you're a Game Pass PC subscriber, Yakuza 0, Wasteland Remastered, Reigns, Game of Thrones, which is a game that's all about making a series of decisions and seeing how they play out. Uh, And then Two Point Hospital and Indivisible will all be available soon. Um, I actually reviewed Indivisible for fanbyte.com if you want to go look up my thoughts on that one. The Witcher 3 on Switch is getting cross-save support. The Witcher 3 on Switch is an impressive port, but there's no denying that the best version of the game is the PC version. And a new patch for the Switch version, will make it easy to go back and forth between the two. Matt Perslow reported on the story for IGN writing, news of PC cross-save for the switcher originally surfaced on Reddit, but CD Projekt Red confirmed to IGN that the functionality is being included in the next patch due to rollout imminently. The patch includes touch control support, save file integration with GOG slash Steam, more text languages in selected regions and more graphical options. On top of that, there are performance optimizations and bug fixes. At the time of this recording, it looks like the patch is already out there. And what it means is that you can go back and forth between the Switch and the PC versions of the game with the same save file. I absolutely love this. I am actually playing Witcher on Switch and I adore having the option to be able to take that save over to another platform. I want more Switch games to do this. I would love to play Wolfenstein or Doom on PC for a bit, take my save over to Switch so I can play it a bit while I'm traveling and then move back to the PC when I get home. I want all Switch games that release on multiple platforms to be able to do this. I think it is awesome. I have... Nothing new to report in terms of what I'm playing at the moment. I was all set to play Kunai on an airplane recently. I'm getting I'm really close to the end, but since I couldn't connect to the internet and confirm my ownership, I wasn't able to play, which really sucks. And it created one of those moments for me where I was like, hey, you know, maybe the way this all works is dumb. Maybe modern gaming is bad. Thankfully, I did have a uh, physical copy of The Witcher for Switch, so I played that a bit. I'm still very early but as I said in the previous segment about the you know the Witcher patch that just came through it's it's an impressive port the frame rate chugs a little bit but I don't know I still feel like I'm getting a a true Witcher experience I think it's the place where I will finally see the game to the end I've I've started it on Xbox 1 and PS4 but the Switch is just so convenient that I think this is the time that I'll I'll finally see it through to the end you'll have to hold me to that though we'll see if I actually do that I also started reading Jason Schreier's book for the first time, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, because the Kindle version was on sale. I assume it's on sale because the uh, follow-up book is, is getting pretty close to coming out. A lot of people told me that the book is very good, and it turns out they weren't lying. I'm enjoying it so far. That's it for today. I know I said on a recent episode that that episode was probably your first episode you were listening to, and I thank you for checking it out. But you know what? I take it all back because there's a good chance that this episode is actually your first episode. So I just want to say thanks for giving it a shot. I really genuinely appreciate it. If this is not your first episode, then I'm sure you have heard this monologue a number of times already. But I really want your feedback, especially during these early stages of the show. What kind of news do you want to hear? What kind of video game industry stuff should I cover? Uh, you can shoot me an email at kyle at ridehome.info to send me feedback and uh, questions, also corrections. If there are any corrections, please send them to me there. You can also track me down on Twitter at Kyle M. Hilliard. My DMs are open, so you can send me a message there if you don't want to you know, publicly tweet at me. But I definitely want to hear what you think, so please shout at me as loudly as the internet will allow Thanks to Brian McCullough and James Welsh for everything related to the show. And thanks to Joel Moore, who made all the music for the Gaming Ride Home podcast. Also, apologies if the audio sounds a little bit different from the previous episodes. I'm actually traveling at the moment, and I'm not recording in my typical setup. But, you know, hopefully you still think it sounds all right. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Look around.